0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Darren Greenwald.
1: And I'm Dennis Jackson. And you're listening to M3 M3 Minutes. Minutes.
0: It's a show where we talk about M3 and what's going on in the hospitality industry. Today, we have Shane Middleton checking into the podcast. And he's going to be here talking to us about hotels. Welcome to the show, Shane. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you, Darren? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about your position.
2: I am the business consultant based here at M3. I am actually located in Monroe, Louisiana, but work with some wonderful team members here in Georgia and in Tampa. My goal is to give our customer partners access to an all-encompassing resource for hospitality management consulting. I'm taking our customers beyond the software to assist in business processes, accounting staff structures, Crafting incentive plans, strategic operational assessments, and so much more. So
0: to, so to knock that down to a Twitter version, you do what? I consult.
1: <laughs> he, he helps people.
2: I help people. He's a helper. I help people accomplish all of their dreams. Sounds his, great. His nickname
1: back in M3 Professional Services is Helpy Helperson.
0: I used to know a helperson. Helperson? Oh, well, that gets way down there, doesn't it? <laughs> well, Shane, how long have you been in the hospitality industry? Tell us a little bit more about yourself.
2: Um, I've been in the hospitality for seven years. I started out as a property accountant and a construction accountant. And over the years, I grew my skill set and exposure to include revenue forecasting, software implementation, auditing, process development, openings, transitions, you name it. Um, My job was accounting and finance, but I kind of took every opportunity that I could on the side to learn as much as I could from everything in um, payroll and legal and insurance on the corporate side to food and beverage, night audit, back of house at the property side, um, everything that I could get my hands on, so.
1: We should hire you. Oh, wait a minute. You already work here. Oh, good. That's great. That's a a great background. That's
0: that's an all-around player. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, out of all those positions you just listed before we get into the body of the podcast, you know, what, which one was your favorite one to do?
2: Um, well, my position was construction accountant for the majority of that time, and I got to, in that capacity, get involved with a lot of hotel openings and transitions, um, and that was probably my absolute favorite part, um, getting to see people create A whole lot of something from a whole lot of nothing Um, and seeing projects like that go from start to finish it's really a fun endeavor.
1: So if that was your favorite part I guess you would consider that your strength if you had to pick one area that you have the most expertise in which area would you pick?
2: I would probably pick that process management piece Um, really taking charge of a situation looking at all the problems and figuring out what's the best roadmap forward okay well I mean you weren't kidding you you do make people's dreams come true all your wildest dreams come true (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so tell us how you got started at M3 my journey began seven years ago Um, I started out as a user um, on the corporate side for a large management group and then over time as the in-house administrator I was able to be a part of that company during some very transformative years um it led to me being intimately involved with technology utilization, um, software integrations. I found myself on the phone with M3 execs and software developers, probably more than I should have been, um, and probably more than most people want to be. But uh, it, inadvertently, I ended up learning a lot about M3, how the software actually worked on the back end, how the company actually worked, um, get, really got to know the people on a personal level. Um, It was a really natural transition for me. Um, It's been a relationship that's been healthy and fun for seven years.
1: I think you have a perfect attendance record at the M3 Users Conferences. I know that's where I first met you.
2: Yeah, I've been to three, Nashville, Phoenix, and then here in Lawrenceville, or Buford, technically.
0: When you... When you say uh, sp- spending more time with them than you prefer, uh, than most people prefer, are you talking about the executives or the developers? Probably the
2: developers. Probably the developers. Yeah, I don't think most people find that, that interesting in the accounting line of work, but uh, it was fun. And I ended up at M3 really just as a kind of a mutual vision that we shared for giving customers what they really want, and that was just somebody to work with that actually cares about their success.
1: What kind of interaction had you had with professional services prior to coming with the company?
2: None at all. Okay. Thank Um, you. It was, no, it was actually. (laughs) Next topic. No, (laughs) No, it was actually really interesting. Um, This, me getting hired on started out with a conversation with Carolyn Hollum, who is our EVP of professional services. And when I got that phone call, I was honestly a little disheartened. Um, because I was like, I don't really want to get back into contract accounting and I think the myth with a lot of people is that that's all they do is just contract accounting, but I don't think they realize um, how diverse that team really has grown over the past five years. They offer just a little bit of everything.
1: They everything. do they do they they cover the whole gambit as far as accounting services for hospitality. yeah all the way no over. plug, no plug, no plug. <laughs>
0: And now we've added consulting.
1: Yeah, added consulting. No brag, just fact. And some of you over 50 years old will know what that meant and where that came from.
0: And for the millennials that are listening to it, would you like to explain it to them?
1: Uh, It was a Western that was on in the 60s, and I wish I could remember it, but since I am over 50, I can't remember it. But uh, he used to say, no brag, just fact.
0: Oh, so it was a California movie.
1: Yes, it Uh was a California Western.
0: (laughs) All right, Dennis, go ahead and take it away.
1: We're going to go into the past now, stories of hotels past. And uh, Shane is going to share with us. So my first question is, what are some differences between working on property and on the property management side?
2: Um, So I'll tell a quick story. So there was an incident involving President um, Carter back in the day where there was this stench that came into the Oval Office. And what they didn't know is that there was a mouse that had died in the wall of the Oval Office. So in trying to get it solved, they called the General Services Office, which handles everything inside the White House. Well, they said, well, the mouse came in from outside of the White House, so you're going to have to call the Department of Interior. Well, so then they called the Department of the Interior, and they said, well, It started outside the White House, but now he's actually in the White House, so we can't help you. So, flustered beyond belief, President Carter assembled everybody in this room, and as if the President of the United States has nothing better to do with his time, to talk about the stench of a dead mouse in the walls, and somebody needed to fix it. Um, So, then spun a natural course of um, government procedure they formed a brand new committee and task force that joined the general services office and the department of the interior to saw into the wall and find out the problem. So all of that to say, um, it's very easy to be nearsighted at the property and forget what the big picture is and what the problem is that actually needs to be solved and the goal that we're actually trying to reach. Um, on the flip side of that, it's very easy to sit at the corporate level and see the big picture and just send down a bunch of mandates and processes and changes um, without taking into account all of the people and all of the day-to-day jobs that are actually affected by that. Um, I think it's important that we understand the big picture and understand where we're trying to go, but be conscious of all the twists and turns that we've got to take along the way to get there.
0: That was a fantastic story. Thank you. Now, where would you hear that uh, story from about the president?
2: Um, I don't remember where I first heard that story, but I'll be honest. I had to go back and look it up the details for this uh, podcast. Wikipedia? Because it fit perfectly. Yeah. Where would you find it? Google. Google? Okay. So no, it's got to be true. It's got to be true.
0: Hey, I believe it. There's official process in place. There's a document somewhere. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sticking – or – Focusing more on the property level, just tell me what your first day was like. Very first time you ever walked in on a property.
2: Um. That's interesting. So I guess I'll go back. I guess a little bit to my first day. It was the the night before I interviewed for my first hospitality job, and I had no idea what the company actually did. Um, I was running away from a CPA firm that I was desperately trying to get out of doing corporate taxes and payroll taxes any longer. Um, But I figured I needed to walk into the interview with some knowledge of what the company did. So um, I said, hotels, how much can that really be? This has got to be an easy job, right? Um, The first full week I spent trying to figure out what my job even was supposed to be. And then I think I spent the whole next month trying to figure out, all right, how do I act like I figured it out? Enough to just stay hired. Um, Uh, Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it, man. I spent a long time at the home office before I ever went to an actual property. Um, And it was really eye-opening to see. It was for a hotel grand opening, um, so it was a little more of a pleasure trip than business. But it was really interesting to go back behind um, closed doors and see what really happens behind the scenes in a hotel. You know, a lot of people in the hospitality industry start from that lower level, and they see all the things at the property, and then they may see the corporate side. But to go backwards with that, um, really, really neat experience.
1: I came from the poultry industry to the hospitality industry, and I remember thinking, how complicated can this be? You rent a room, and you pay for it. (laughs) Was I mistaken?
0: I mean, those are... Uh, that is a facet of the business.
1: That is. That's two of the two thousand six hundred and seventy-three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, the hospitality industry and the accounting side is fairly compli It was more complicated than I ever dreamed it could be. But uh, you, you just made me think of that of how simple I thought it would be mm-hmm. when I came over. It is not simple. There are a lot of transact. It's very transaction intensive.
0: Which is a great plug for Accounting Core.
1: Accounting Core, the M3 accounting software, and if you want to outsource M3 professional services, give them a call.
0: One call, that's all.
1: Shane, your experience at corporate and in the field, uh, how do you think that is going to uh, benefit you working for professional services?
2: I went through a lot of growing pains um, in a very short seven years. I was able to go through some very transformative times where there was a lot of change in strategy and change, change in path for the company, and um, it grew me to be able to see past the constraints of the typical vendor relationship where you call a 1-800-Customer-Service number. You may or may not ever um, get even an answer, much less a good or bad one. Um, and really understand the larger goals that the management group has. Um, You know, uh, our goal is to take whatever management group's personal definition of success and help them craft a roadmap to achieve it. Um, So by truly understanding what hoteliers are actually facing in 2019 um, and the challenges that they deal with, even down to those detailed levels, um, really helps me set a path forward to help them and put the resources in front of them so that they're ready to go when they need it and we're not reactive we're being proactive to what they need Mm -hmm. it's kind of a lot like the um, kind of a lot like movies right so you know movies a lot of times you get two hours of just constant senseless action and big booms and big screams and they just want a big attraction factor but a lot of times those are the movies that you forget right they're short-lived. They get some big money right up front, and then you never hear about them again. Um, those best movies are where they invest in, instead of t- money, they invest time, and they invest in the people that they're actually serving um, by putting out that film or whatever it is. You know, the greatest ones are where you can actually connect with the viewer on a personal level, and they can, you know, connect through a character or a well-crafted story, and they'll remember it forever because they'll know that that was exactly them their life and what they're dealing with so hmm. so that's
0: like the expendables compared to the notebook
2: there you go yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dennis is staring at me blankly did you do you know either <laughs> of those
1: the notebook yeah. i believe is considered a chick flick right that is correct
2: fantastic film
1: i did see it
2: it's a fantastic film
1: it was good i agree what
2: about the expendables not to be confused with the Incredibles. The expen-
1: i have not seen the expendables no okay
0: it's uh It was incredible exactly like apparently. In. Yeah, it was uh yes. just tons of blowing up. and Constant action for like 2 hours.
1: <laughs> was was Arnold in it?
0: All the all the classics like all you know like Sylvester
1: what, what, was that the one Sylvester yeah. was in? And you, you know you,
0: you know when they bring in like everybody? You okay, know they have I, that like major collab yes. collaboration movie. It was one of those.
1: I did not have the pleasure of seeing the entire movie, but I did see the trailer. I do believe it looked interesting.
0: Me too. That's the only reference I have to it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Shane, um, sticking with the experience at the hotel, you know, just what is your strategy? How do you break down the opening day of a hotel?
2: Wow. Um, That's a big question. The best ones are very calm. Um, You have kind of a whole spectrum. You know, the good ones, you have one last vacuum across the lobby carpet, putting out some fresh bistro signs for menus. Um, getting gifts ready for those first guests to celebrate the opening with them. Um, on the flip side, you have those where you're 20 rooms down because furniture is damaged. Um, you're walking food tickets to the kitchen because your POS printers don't work. Your GM had a family emergency. You're short on housekeeping. Um, and you know, I've been in ones where a tropical storm was coming through. So your direct TV started going out, um, The best answer probably is opening day is the easy part. Um, Those few weeks leading up to opening day is really when the magic happens. Um, It's the best definition of organized chaos that anybody could ever give um, someone. You have installers, trainers, contractors, brand reps, management reps, left and right, walking on top of each other all day, just getting... Thousands of details done. You get to see a team start from a complete group of strangers, and they become family in about three weeks' time. And it's really, um, you know, some go smoother, some go rougher, but it's really, really fun to watch.
1: Whose responsibility is it to put the room numbers on the doors? That was always a little bit of a problem on the couple of openings i was associated with back in a prior life
2: really yes you have an installer that does that okay that's what they do specifically
1: for the door numbers
2: well no they do they'll install a couple of things but things of that nature okay
1: thank you because sometimes it was left up it would be a last minute thing and uh, people that were not really skilled at that task would end up doing it so i was just wondering
0: Did you ever have, like, were they installing sixes upside down?
1: I cannot comment on that. (laughs) Possibly. Uh,
0: Possibly. So, Shane, uh, you mentioned you give gifts to the first couple of guests that I guess come into a hotel. Yeah. Kind of explain to our users what that is. You know, is it the first 10,
2: the very first one, first 100? What what do they actually get, usually? It really can uh, be different. We used to let our um, GMs have a little bit of freedom with that. Um, generally, what we would tell them to do is go find a bunch of local things and put together um, an easy gift basket that you could give that absolute first guest. And uh, when it's fun. When they walk in, we'd always make a huge deal out of it. Um, I mean, you would have thought the president was showing up. You know, we're yanking people out of conference rooms and guest rooms. We're like, the guest is here. And we'd all line up and clap for them, make them feel – extremely extremely awkward uh when they walked <laughs> in. The, <laughs> that's a fair way to put it uh, it was meant to be celebratory but uh the looks on the guest faces usually not that celebratory as much as it is awkward um but then you know you typical a lot of times they give you know free water or market snacks or what have you to all the first guests for the night do the guests usually know
0: that you know when they reserve the hotel that it is the first night of the hotel or it just so
2: happens and that's why it's more awkward they don't. Um, actually, a funny story. We, um, I opened a Town Play Suites this year, or was part of a team that opened a Town Play Suites this year, and we had this one, and I forget Marriott redid all of their, um, their reward tiers, and now you have all these different titles. And it was like the number top largest title that you can have. And we're like, oh, this guest, you know. And he had been booked for weeks, right? And so we just knew that this was going to be our first guest. And then all of a sudden, this random guy walks in, and we're clapping, right? And he goes, oh, y'all are open? Y'all just now opened? We said, yeah. He goes, I just booked this place three minutes ago. (laughs) 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 So, uh, of course, it was an airport hotel, which is a little bit different. But, um, yeah, they never know.
1: I was going to ask you to tell your best opening day story, but it sounds like you've already done that. Tell us your second best hotel opening story.
2: Um. Probably, actually, my best.
1: Oh, okay. The other one was
2: actually not my best, the best. Okay. opening story is actually the day before opening. So, um, I was part of an opening for a hotel, and this is going to sound mushy. I'm sorry. It's not as exciting or funny, but not the notebook. It's not the notebook.
0: Just not squishy.
2: It's a little mushy. Um, but the day before each opening, we would hold a big opening celebration for the staff, congratulate them on all the hard work they put in, they put in to get this hotel to where it is. Um, you know, Recognize them from turning an empty building into a hotel where guests could actually come stay. And um, at this one in particular, the owner got up in front of everyone um, and decided to tell the story about when they bought the land. And they had discovered when they bought the land that there was a homeless man that had been living there and had taken up residence. This was, I mean, this was his home. It had obviously been there for quite some time and no one knew about it. So he got his um, business partners together and his family and they went and gave the guy some food, bought him a bicycle and um, kind of gave him what he needed kind of helped move forward. and. Um, told him that they were the new landowners and what they were trying to do. and um, Anyway, so he gets up in front of the whole, this group of staff. This lar- It was a large hotel, so it was a lot of people, and just tells this very well-told story, this very detailed and emotional story about this guy, and had everyone in tears, and then gave like this charge to the hotel staff to remember that where they work, Used to be someone's home, and we need to honor that person by making it home for all the guests that are coming in and um, encourage them to actually, encourage the staff to actually go and make sure that on top of whatever they did, make a point to reach out to their community and give back and always remember that, you know, a lot of people don't get to stay in these $200 a night hotel rooms. And um, anyway, like I said, it was a little mushy, but, you know, to me, that's what hospitality. is all about.
0: I don't know where the button is, but we definitely need to hit the applause button cuz that's a heck of a story <laughs> <Derek stays laughs> Say <over>. so myself. <laughs> I don't know how you can follow up with that. I don't know.
1: That's better than the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, kind of going along those same lines. There's obviously a lot of great stories that come in the hotels both before, during, and even after, maybe even a sale, but just in general, whether it's pre-opening, during, or even after the sale, what are just some crazy stories that you've experienced working at the hotels?
2: <laughs> uh, I have to search for ones that I can tell. Um, there's so many alligators in the lobby. Um, that was a fun one. Uh, I had one where the owners of a new hotel showed up the week of opening and stole all the linens from the new hotel to bring to their old hotel down the road. Um We actually had this one guy who I'm assuming is a veteran, because Veterans Affairs got involved at some point, but he and his wife had a domestic dispute, and we had taken over this property, and I had been there for 10 days in charge of the process, and this was like midnight one night, and this, our poor night auditor, who normally has a, Pretty calm shift at this place. Um, I happened to walk by just to say, "Good seeing you. I'm leaving tomorrow. Let me know if you need anything." And about that time, four cop cars pull up, and this guy had called Veterans Affairs because he said his wife was trying to kill him, and she said she was fighting for her life because he was trying to kill her, and so he's calling Veterans Affairs, and because. They're supposed to protect him as a veteran. She's calling 911 because her veteran husband's trying to kill her. Um, It was a really interesting story. Um, um, I I will say that I worked with a uh, friend before who went to uh, do a site visit at a hotel. And she shows up at the hotel. She goes to the front desk, tells me who she is, and then... About five minutes of really awkward and confusing conversation later, she realizes wrong residency in completely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she's probably going to kill me for telling that story. But uh, that, was a, that was a classic. I'll never forget that one.
0: Now, Shane, uh, believe it or not, you actually are not the only person on this podcast today that has actually opened a hotel. That's true. Now, if I had to... Lim- by process of elimination, I think that rules me out. So, Dennis, do you have <laughs> any other ones? that's a crazy story.
1: I do have a crazy story. I was assisting in the opening of a hotel in Tampa, Florida, and I got a call from the corporate office the day of the opening, and they said, I don't believe we have gotten the okay from American Express to accept that card. So I told the front desk manager, you're not going to be able to accept American Express today. And he said, That's crazy. And that's my crazy story. <laughs> Ooh. Actually, we need to. Really button happened. for that, That too. really happened. <laughs> I hate to say that. It really did happen. But he said it was crazy, so it qualifies as a crazy story.
0: Not literally. Yes. Do you have any other ones lined up for that? Maybe well, the, the uh, next question?
1: Yes, I, well, next question. I think I have a story for that, too. Okay.
0: Is it going to be literally word for word? <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> uh, any funny stories you can tell? We've gone from crazy. We'll go to funny
2: um it's hard to find the right funny hotel story i will tell you one that happened in hospitality in general i did a lot um, with construction accounting i dealt a lot with bankers and lenders and um, loan processes and during the underwriting process of one of our uh, larger construction loans i had the loan underwriter and just So we're all clear, their job is to look at financial information for a company trying to get a loan and underwrite that loan based on that information. So this person looks at a lot of financial statements. And they asked for an income and expense statement. Well, that's not a problem. We have at that time acknowledged, now Accounting Core. it's very quick and easy to run your income and expense statement. Well, ours was actually called a profit and loss less than an hour after sending that report to them i was informed sir let me clarify we don't need a profit and loss statement we need an income and expense <laughs> statement
1: <laughs> every wow. accountant listening is laughing everybody else i think doesn't I even, understand that. i think i even heard a that's, giggle snort that out of all that. yeah, that's, that's for more reasons
2: than uh <laughs> for more reasons than one Uh, we did not work with that lender anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Dennis? Any funny stories you'd like to interject?
1: I was assisting with the opening of a hotel in Tampa, Florida years ago and got word from the corporate office that, uh, we might not be able to accept American Express. (laughs) and And I told the front desk manager that and he said, well, that's funny.
0: You have that lined up for everything, don't you?
1: <laughs> that really happened.
0: But the closest one I have is that, you know, uh, during my career before I found an actual career, just my job, I worked at a calendar factory, but I got fired for taking a couple of days off. <laughs> <laughs> Went from... Yeah, it's all, it's, it's all downhill from here, folks. So let's go on to the next question. So... <laughs> So uh, since uh, in the spirit of Halloween and fall in October, uh, everybody likes to dress up, go trick-or-treating. What are some good stories about Halloween at hotels, you know, to people to dress up? What is the most exciting, fun, or crazy
2: thing that has happened during Halloween? Um, well, I don't have any terrific hotel Halloween stories, um, luckily. I absolutely love horror movies, but... Um I was always hoping to never see a pair of twins at the end of the hallway threatening my <laughs> life. Red, red. Amen. So, had that happened, <laughs> I would not be here today. <laughs> um, I can say that um, I used to work with a really good friend. We've been lifelong friends, and she is definitely scared of clowns. And um, so one year we decided we were just going to go completely all out and just terrify her. So we put a six-foot... Pennywise the clown poster in her office behind her door. Oh. So when she closed it, it would pop out at her. We stuck an evil 3D clown up in the corner of her office. We put a Joker doll in her chairs. When she spun it around, it was staring right at her. And just to top it all off, put an inflatable clown in the passenger seat of her car. I don't know how much anxiety medication she took that afternoon, but I know she did not take enough that morning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do have a Halloween story. I was assisting with the opening of a hotel in Tampa, Florida one year. (laughs) And we got a call from corporate office that said we may not be able to accept American Express. And so I told the front desk manager, and he said, that's scary. I'm speechless, man. I got nothing left for you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where we go from there. Okay, I've only been at one hotel opening, and I'm trying to stretch that opening into all these different stories. So. Well, I'm,
0: I'm confident our uh, viewership and listenership has figured that out by now, but we <laughs> appreciate the input, Dennis. <laughs> well, uh, so just out of curiosity, at, when you go to hotels during Halloween, what is the standard in today's culture? Do they, you know, do, are staff allowed to dress up? Is it encouraged? You know, what
2: type of Halloween festivities are allowed or encouraged? It really depends on the management group more than the brands. Um, We always encouraged our people to have fun with it, you know, encouraged a little bit of camaraderie and family and fun in the workplace uh, for that one day. Tastefully, of course, but, um, yeah, I think it's fun. I think people enjoy it. It's that one day a year that you can, you know, just have fun and go crazy.
1: I actually did assist with one hotel opening, but, I was always jealous of the opening team because after the hotel had opened, they would always have these great stories, but they developed this camaraderie and this closeness that I was just actually sitting at the corporate office, just very jealous of. It sounded like it was hard work, but they just had a great time working to get that hotel open. Did you see that?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, people that I used to work with and uh, did a lot of that with, um, I consider just really great resources some really good friends and um yeah you form a bond you go through some dark days yes. together and uh usually that's where you form those closest relationships
1: yeah i would sense there was a lot of frustration but uh, there were some friendships developed and just a sense of pride after getting that hotel open
2: absolutely absolutely
1: yeah, I was. There were a lot of inside jokes that came out of it too, which of course I never understood. But <laughs> they must have been having a great time with all those inside jokes I would hear.
2: Yeah, that is uh, one part that I will really um, that I will really miss going forward. But uh, there's a lot of more super exciting things that we're getting the ball rolling with.
1: Shane, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Uh, thank you for joining us. And are there any last words before we sign off?
2: Go and do good things. Be good people.
1: Do the right thing. M3's motto. motto. (laughs) Do the right thing. We almost did that in sync, too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Shane,
0: it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you all for coming back and joining us for our second season. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and our SoundCloud. We release new episodes at the end of every month, so be sure to come back and listen for more. You can also follow us on our social media platforms. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And our handle is M3Accounting. That's M as in Mary, the number three, and then the word accounting. As always, here's to your success. And thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next month.